This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. Smart content made by idiots. Trending with the New York Times, Sasha Baron Cohen. This time he's serious. My wife. I didn't know Sasha Baron Cohen got serious. That's uh, intense. Bort. Bort. Because he's doing Borat, but because they did the Cyrillic spelling thing, he's he's coming in as Bort. Bort. Um, really excited about this. Bort. Is Borat two going to be serious? Bort. What if Borat two was a drama? <laughs> Bort. Borat two, but it's like the West Wing. Yeah. I mean, but the trailer is out, and it doesn't look like he's actually. It's actually going to be a serious movie or whatever. I don't know. No, I, maybe they're just talking about other acting he's done because he. I don't know. He was in an Israeli spy drama, I think. Uh, and he's been in some other, like, non-comedy things. Yeah. He he was almost Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, but he, he, like, quit because, uh, because the other band members of Queen wanted it to be about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, fuck no. And I guess he also didn't want to work with... Uh, Brian Singer, so which well, is understandable. understandable. Good, I guess. Yeah, that's very valid. <laughs> but I'm just always thinking yeah. about how, like, as much as we like to shit on Borat and Sasha Baron Cohen is probably not great mm. as a person, he just he he would have been a great Freddie Mercury. Like, he kind of looks like him a lot more <laughs> than uh, Remy Malek did. Yeah, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. God, people kept telling uh, me to watch it, and I was like, "I'm not gonna do that. Why would I do yeah. that?" Yeah, What's here's that? the thing. Here's the thing. My current uh, dance choreography is Queen. Mm. Like it's yeah, it's like you know put together out of Queen songs. So now, my team wants to, uh, as a group activity, watch Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and I don't know how um, to tell them that I like someone's birthday is gonna be like you know we can all go to their place and hang out uh, as long as it's not locked down which might still happen <laughs> by then mm. and also watch bohemian rhapsody and i'm like if if that's the thing like if it's just hanging out sure but if if you're gonna make me watch this movie that i refuse to watch for good reason and that i know i'm not gonna enjoy then i'm like mm-hmm. I don't know how to politely tell them that I just really don't want to see this movie made by a serial uh, rapist. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a yeah. Less, less fun introduction than I was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, George, have you, listened, have you listened to the bonus episode yet? No, I'm afraid not. That's, that's tragic. Um, you're going to love it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. Have you listened to the previous bonus episode? <laughs> Uh, wait, which one are we on now? <laughs> the first, have you listened to the first chapter of our book that we're No, no, I keep meaning to. I, might, I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> I have a lot of cleaning to do and I'll do it then. Okay. Yeah. They're not even very long. The yeah, they're quite short. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're like an hour, but... Well, they're, yeah, they're like an hour, but for a podcast, that's like short-ish, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're not two and a half hours. No, they're not it's like... like and our long chapters are like very normal for every podcast except yeah. ours. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in like Streetcast, which is always like two and a half hours long. Yeah, Streetcast doesn't count either. <laughs> <laughs> as as much as I like Streetcast, they, they, I also feel like they normalized long episodes for, uh, uh, for <laughs> book read podcasts. 
Yeah, they really they stop ruined. normalizing things. <laughs> I've said I I've been saying that we need to stop normalizing things. Things need yeah. to be less normal. But everyone's just out there like normalizing, and I'm I'm not a fan. I don't even normalize our audio. That's how against normalizing I am. <laughs> Charlotte, are you trying to normalize denormalization? Oh my god, <laughs> I'm part of the problem. Normalize being a big hunky sexy man who has a tiny brain. Normalize being a um wild man who goes into the desert and then is forcibly brought to civilization by having sex with a woman for seven days and seven nights um oh. and then meeting a new boyfriend who's king of the city next door um well, that should be normalized i i think it should be i think being a what? giant snake that wraps around the the world <laughs> yeah um, and is full of deadly deadly poison normalize dressing up in the medieval french court as uh, as wild men with clubs uh, and being set on fire by the king's brother and dying horribly normalize just jacking off into a river <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah i don't understand any of these references besides the jacking off one this is a podcast of educated people for educated people. That's yeah, right. We except, have cultural references. Mm, except for me. Who <laughs> doesn't, is this one of those British things again? I was no. talking about the Epic of Gilgamesh, which isn't particularly British. I was, I was talking ref- about your, your, the snake. Your, your mandar. Your mandar. Or something like that. Is this an archaeology thing? No. It's just Maybe. myth. It's just mythology. <laughs> mythology. Why do all of you know about it, though? Like, I know... Who doesn't know about it? The I know about serpent. the Epic of Gilgamesh existing, and this is my entire knowledge about it. Okay. I'm sorry to get mad about you being educated about stuff. I just Janusz, don't sorry. understand how all Sounds... three of you can understand this reference. Janusz, why don't, why don't like you know? <laughs> about the oldest book, Yeah. Why don't you know about the, all the, the three guys being horribly burnt to death by their stupid dumb costumes in the medieval French court? <laughs> I can't believe you don't know about this very common piece of knowledge. <laughs> you dumb as shit. Sounds like you're not standing in Kidu hard enough. So. Yeah, you're not standing in Kidu, which to me is a cancelable offence. Um, does I once does again, this make... don't even understand the words you're saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. The thing is that this this podcast is for people who aren't archaeologists as well as people who are archaeologists. No, fuck you. <laughs> Learn archaeology. <laughs> Me not understanding might also be an indication of our listeners also being confused about all of this. Um, if, if, if Ducky is listening, then he loves it. Um, <laughs> okay, so should we, should we bring us in? Because we've got a, yeah. some preamble. Okay. Sure. Hello and welcome. I'm gonna fucking stab you. <laughs> Coppola, uh, Russell Crowe, and uh, Lucy Liu. The Godfather, Citizen Kane, Kira Knightley, Jude Law, The French just Connection, Nicholas Cage, directed by Scott Walker. De Palma, Scorsese, Spielberg, Spielberg, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tommy Lee Jones, film. Hello and welcome back to Who Watches the Watch, a podcast hosted by four freaks who can't afford long-term therapy. I'm... I'm your host, Charlotte, and I think that if you adapt something different to the source material, you should be tried in The Hague and executed in The Square. 
Uh, I'm your host, Lucy, and I'm medicated. Oh, <laughs> I'm your host, Janusz, and I just get these headaches sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, George, and I'm wearing my wife's kimono in my garden in London, killing a fox with a samurai sword, but I am also that fox. And the fox is you, listener. That's very metaphysical. Um... <laughs> It's nice to have you back, George. Yeah, well, I'm glad yeah. that your health bar has regenerated after your lumberjacking session. Last it is. Mm. See, what what happened was uh, I went into the woods and this video game character like bounced on my head, and then like part of my body f- uh, flashed bright red, and they hit it for massive damage. Uh-huh. Um, but I've respawned now. <laughs> I really uh, g- do hate gamers. It when that happens. <laughs> that's that's good. I think. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> so, so I wanted to start off today's podcast with a tale of two posts, not alike in dignity, but alike in how they made me feel a lot of emotions, <laughs> most of them negative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, if you recall, listeners, uh, last week we gave our initial rundown of reactions and feelings about the watch trailer um which george wasn't there for george did you have anything you wanted to add first uh i'm not on social media much anymore uh so what did you think about the trailer like in general i was like damn there's a lot of things happening uh not all bad i don't know it might be fun yeah yeah, it's a short trailer, you know. Mm-hmm. Hard to were tell. you, George? Did you were you oh. vexed by uh, Vimes wearing eyeliner? Did um, that? Yeah. Did that threaten your masculinity? Yes, because I am Vimes, and I would never wear any makeup. That that would be, <laughs> that would be some some things which are not masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I devolve into a series of increasingly unhinged slurs about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like LGBT people or something. I don't know. Listen, yeah. first of, first, what happens is people start wearing eyeliner. The next thing, they're mm. having genderqueer orgies in the street. And then what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I this think... happened to my buddy, Eric. Uh-huh. <laughs> the coronavirus has forced all of the like middle-aged boom, like or like boomer Pratchett readers from Britain to come out of the ale festival put on yeah. their leather jackets and get posting and i don't like it oh my god yeah, everybody's so... so much more online now is the thing in the older <laughs> yeah. generation because they have nothing else to do yeah um, so one of my friend uh redacted, uh dad is he's not like instagram famous but with like a weird char- like cartoon character who talks about brexit Oh, um, no. oh. That sounds and then, bad. And then her boyfriend's dad has to, like put up all these weird skits on YouTube that are like comedy skits, but are all about HS2. Is <laughs> that much to say about? I HS2? don't know. The dads about are going what? online. Homestead it's too. High speed rail from London to Birmingham. Oh, okay. It's being it's, built the moment. Kind of controversial. It's a grift. Yeah. So just the dads are online now. Um. Yeah, you know what this means, though. It means we're we, we're already getting our own British version of QAnon, but we're going to get another one, and it's going to be even dumber. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be boring and trite and kind of like mindless, mindlessly. I, I want to say drudging, but I don't think that's a word. It's just going to be bitter and not even like yeah fun. It's, it's going to be boring. There's, <laughs> there's going to be no child blood. Okay. Um, two posts to talk about. 
at the beginning of this episode. I guess you could call this the news section. Um, (laughs) since, Since last week, people have continued to post online about the tra- the trailer. It's been not as angry, and I think people have been a bit more restrained. Uh, maybe have calmed down. Friend of the show, Desert Island, Discworld now agrees with us. So <laughs> yes. I guess we were right in the end, like, obviously. <laughs> uh, but other people other people are still kind of mad online. Um, and there's two two that I'd like to talk about today. Uh, who wants... Does anyone else want to read them out? Yes, please. Yeah, sure. So this first one is uh, the post from a mod on on the Discworld Facebook group um, who got a bit upset about people talking about the watch and the watch in general and posted a mod message onto the Facebook group. Now, who's going to read this for us? I will read this one. Lucy will read it. Okay. Uh, should I do a voice? Yes. No, okay. Just really. Yeah. So w- what we need, I got to know about this mod because there's no way uh, he's gonna listen. Yeah. But um, I used to be in that group unless I got kicked out of it because I can't find it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in it. Where the fuck is this group? <laughs> yeah. I I seriously like I'm gr- not a bit. I'm searching Facebook for this group. I just. Can't find it, and it might be just Facebook fucking up, or they changed their name. I don't know. Maybe they deleted. Maybe this caused so much controversy that they just like. Maybe they deleted the group because yeah, that was also a thing that he was threatening. That okay, we'll Uh, get to the post. Not deleted the group. I found the group almost instantly, so it might just be. Oh, I think they blocked. (laughs) (laughs) Can you check if I'm still in among the members because I used to be? Well, I'm having to invite you, so I think. That would be a no. Um, so Janosch has been kicked out of this group. Okay, um. I get back to that because I have a story with that. Okay. I just didn't know that they kicked me out. That's... <laughs> well, you were baiting them a little bit. I was, yeah, I, but I'm going to explain. committing crimes. I'm going to explain. Okay. Uh, but what I was going to say is that, judged by the profile pic, this... The mod of this group also seems to be like in his fifties, at least, if not in his sixties. So this is a very oh, boomer, uh, boomer modded Facebook group. Yes. Um, and now we're going to pick fights with them. So I'm going to read this post out. <laughs> I've been amazed at the recent influx of new members, doubling the size of the group in a few short months. However, this past weekend brought hate into the group in response <laughs> to the trailer for The Watch. Many are angry about what has been done to the work of Sir Terry Pratchett, destroying the beloved characters whilst turning it into something that is not the Discworld. I was deeply upset some months ago when images of this embuggerance were released, and at that time I almost closed the group. Reading through the comments about this trailer, many members are hurt and disgusted about it. This is not the Discworld we know and love. In view of that, I've decided that the watch has no place in the group. It is not the work of Sir Terry, and so is now off-topic. In future posts and comments will be removed. There is plenty of Discworld and Terry's other works that we can discuss without bringing hate in here. I'm sure that there will be some who disagree with this. Well, this is my group and my rules. If you want to hate me, then fine, but you may be better leaving here for a group that is more in line with your opinions. (laughs) (laughs) That, so, yeah, um... Um, Incredible. 
interesting that he uh, describes him not liking uh, the, the the new show as an imbugrance, which was what Terry Pratchett called his Alzheimer's disease. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's a very Pratchett word, but yeah, yikes. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Very similar. <laughs> it's no, it's just as bad. Um, yeah. Okay, let, where do we even start? Because we do get to discuss this pose, but I also want to discuss like the thing that got me banned, apparently, because it's very funny in retrospect. Okay, so yeah, Janos posted this in our Discord and said, look what happened in this Facebook group that I'm in. And then what happened, Janos? Uh, so I was like, I was like, I don't know, I guess I was in a very combative mood because I was thinking, like, this is bullshit, right? <laughs> I was scrolling through the group, which I have no longer access to. <laughs> so I can't even point out. I was gonna, because here's the thing. The, the, the reason why I even noticed that I was kicked out of this group, I was gonna scroll through the group and uh, talk about uh, what the other bad posts in the group are or how. how... So here's the thing. <laughs> trying to get to what, I'm, what I want to say here. They banned posting about the watch because mm-hmm. it brought hate into the group but yeah. that's not really true if you look through the posts a ton of people were actually very enthusiastic about the watch tv show and then like other fans were hating on them that i you know i can't read out examples of course because i was banned but yeah it's just the the mod himself decided that he hates the um, the watch and it brings negativity because he hates to see it so it's uh making him upset mm-hmm. so he's gonna ban it but the other thing is half of the other posts if not two-thirds mm-hmm. in the group are not even tangentially related to this world yeah mm-hmm. so i i made a post that was just i think the watch looks good actually <laughs> uh-huh. You were like, I'm going to cause trouble on purpose. But I, and, yes. and I even, I even used to to defend my posts. I e- I even used the heart emoji Facebook background, like the one where it's like the, uh, yeah. the the two heart eyed emoji. You know which one? Yeah, floating in the background. So the exact opposite of bringing hate into the group. Arguably, <laughs> I was just you know uh-huh. spreading into the group. spreading love for the watch. Uh, yeah. but, it's not negative. But this didn't work out because the post got deleted and I got a message request from, from this mod uh, who made the post <laughs> oh, shit. saying, Hi, Janos, yes. I had to delete your post as it was about the watch, which is now off topic and not allowed in the group. I hope you understand. Um, what if you don't understand? <laughs> so I answered... <laughs> I, I answered with a screenshot from a different, of a different post uh, in the group. Which is a post that just shares the trailer of a movie called Fat Man, starring Mel Gibson. Okay. Um, and the post says there's something familiar about the plot of this. And apparently this is like a movie in which Mel Gibson is Santa Claus and has to, like, I don't know, defeat a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do we see a Discord relation here? <laughs> I guess they're saying it's like Hogfather. 
I guess they're saying it's like Hawkfather, but like with the same energy, I could post like Gone with the Wind and say there's something familiar about this movie. Uh-huh. Um, or like any Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also, this movie stars Mel Gibson out of all people. So I just reply, "Hey, uh, just just uh, send the mod the screenshot of it and said, hey, quick question: How's the watch off topic? But this movie starring Mel Gibson out of all people, okay?" And <laughs> he answered, "To be honest, it slipped through. I'll rake a look now." Mm. Which is, I guess, okay. a typo for take. Yeah. Um, and then I'm noticing now that I'm blocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Janosh, I'm, I'm getting a, getting a sense of why they blocked you. <laughs> I'm really just pointing out. Just asking questions. I, I'm just asking <laughs> questions. Like I, I don't think this is too. Uh, like we agree that the watch, even if it's a bad adaptation, like the reason why the watch is. Uh, off topic because it has nothing to do with Terry Pratchett, right? Like he said in his mod post, whatever this embuggerance is, it's not Terry mm-hmm. Pratchett. It's not yeah. the work of Sir Terry and so is now off topic. Neither is Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, but it's a very fine movie starring a man who's got no problems with him at all. A <laughs> man who's got no problems with... Uh, yeah, I... Perfectly fine man. It's yeah. very funny because obviously the watch is on topic. <laughs> it is extremely on topic. Yeah. It's, just... it's very much on, it is on topic. And the idea that he's just banning it on a whim because he doesn't want to think about it is very funny. It's very much like the height of like Facebook mod power like Yeah. I don't mm. know. Mm. Uh, mm. going well, mad it's... with power. Yeah. Little fiefdom of his own. Yeah. You can just be like, I've decided that this isn't canon. And then you can just say that. And yeah, you can say to me, I don't think, I don't like it. I mean, as he said, I guess it is his, his group and he can ban you. <laughs> but the idea that that's what you've chosen to do with your Discord group is incredible and very funny to me. <laughs> but even when I, even when I, uh, th- this is the weird thing to me. Even when I, uh, you know, messaged him with this, uh, to be, to be fair, a little provocative on purpose uh, question <laughs> he very politely answered to be honest it slipped through I'll take a look right mm. like he didn't say oh no this is on topic he was like being polite about it and then apparently immediately blocked me and kicked me out of the group <laughs> you see because he knew that while you had the appearance of politeness what you were in fact doing was challenging his power <laughs> He may yeah. have remembered you from when we in- initially posted in that Facebook group with the podcast promotion when we just started. And that cop <laughs> I don't came think into that was the this replies for- like, um, you say ACAB, and as a cop, that hurts my feelings. That was a different group because we got kicked out of that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we mean when we say we're the bad boys of Discworld podcasting. Yeah, I would never say that because bad boys would never call themselves that. Oh, I guess. That's true. That's because we try hard, bad boys. Um- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I think it was a different Facebook. Yeah, I think the cop group was uh, the Terry Pratchett book club Facebook group. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Wait, I, I did post in two different cats. groups, so now I'm now I'm not sure. Well, what have what have cops ever done to you in the last six to nine months? <laughs> 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 They're fine. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you're just being you're um, just being mean. Yes. The thing Negativity, is that you're just, Janosch. 
We love to be mean for no reason. That's why we say we don't like cops. <laughs> it's negativity. Yeah. You're bringing up uh, there exists a conflict, and therefore you're you're uh, you're sort of you're sort of acknowledging that there is something that is conflicted about means that you are the one causing the conflict, and therefore at fault for bringing the negativity in, even if yeah, you're the one yeah. not Just sharing it. Don't bring it up, you know. Yeah. The idea that I could be like. Um, oh my god, this just came out and I really like it to one of my friends who hates this thing and then that friend immediately slaps me across the face and say, I can't believe you would bring I can't believe you would do this. I can't believe you would bring hate into my life. <laughs> it's like I'm not bringing the hate man that's coming from you <laughs> that's how I feel when people tell me they like Patrick Rothfuss <laughs> I love that guy I'm just I'm just slapping him right now I can't believe you've done this can't bring this into my life <laughs> that's Janos when, when, when Charlotte starts talking about the epic of Gilgamesh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I about don't this. Fuck you. For Who are you to reject the ancient work of literature? <laughs> the oldest in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so fucking old. Why would you still care about it? I know. I just... Why would you do that when you can read new books? Yeah, exactly. Um... Like, obviously, the art of literature has been refined since then. Because, you know, people learned from the mistakes that bad works of literature like the epic of gilgamesh has have made and refined them to make good works of literature such as the name of the wind yeah we have we have leopard beast men uh oviposition impregnation fetish uh, <laughs> exactly um, why would we need anything else? Fan, fan fiction now so um, when you go into a girl's bedroom and she's got the epic of gilgamesh that's like a really big warning sign yeah. it's a red flag <laughs> women are always telling me to read the epic of gilgamesh <laughs> it's <laughs> so annoying <laughs> They're like, i'll lend you my copy of the clay tablets <laughs> impressed yeah. with cuneiform it's like, uh. it's like, uh. Why can't you read a fun book instead? You know, like Terry Pratchett. I prefer the real classics, like this uh, tablet saying how many sheep and goats the Lord of uh, the Lord of Knossos owns. I, I prefer reading clay tablets that are simply receipts for how many bags um, of grain I have bought. I only study Linear B, so I don't read cuneiform. Um. Look, I, I'm not going to read the Epic of Gigamesh. I think what, what I need uh, for for the story to um, appeal to me is someone like Neil Gaiman to write a screenplay <laughs> that someone like Robert Zemeckis can make a mm-hmm. weird mocap CGI movie out of it. Uh, yeah, Angelina where... Jolie can play Ishtar, um, and yeah, she's where... painted gold for some reason. <laughs> where Gilgamesh is like naked and has big tits. I think that. But that's, be... I mean, that's kind of canon. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except in the in the epic of Gilgamesh, he doesn't have sex with Ishtar, and that's why she gets mad at him. So maybe in this version they do, oh, and it doesn't th- make any th- sense, th- but cool. it just happens. Then, no, I would yeah, love that. Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh lies about it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's why she hates him. Um, okay, so the second of these posts um, was a tweet uh, by a man who we even we even shouted out last podcast's episode, and we were Ooh. like, if you want if you want uh, a good version, listen to the radio versions adapted by Stephen Briggs. Uh, but unfortunately, today he killed me. Well, yeah. yesterday he killed me. Oh, we also said if you want a good version, watch the plays that you were in that he adapted. So, yeah, well, he adapted one of them. The other one was adapted by one of the people in our um, society. But he did 
His one was probably better adapted, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this was a tweet thread. The first... is very funny. Okay, so the first tweet says, I recall today a quote from an article in this book on the subject, if dramatising other authors' work. And the book is Children's Writers and Artists Yearbook 2021. <laughs> My um, favourite book. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and... This, so there's, there's layers to this, which makes it very funny. But first I will tell you the quote, and we can enjoy it. The quote is, You've chosen to adapt the author's work because, presumably, you admire their writing. If you think you can improve on that humour slash drama slash characterization, you should really be writing your own plots <laughs> and not torturing theirs. <laughs> hmm. Me explaining to John Milton that Paradise Lost is a garbage piece of work because the Bible did it first. <laughs> yeah, how dare you trying to improve on the char- characterization of uh, of these? Of going, back, going back to the writers of the Bible and being like, "Hey, the oral tradition of these Bronze Age shepherds did it better." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like side eyeing Goethe for writing his version of Faust. <laughs> When yeah, that's really embarrassing. Christopher Marlowe has already done it. Shakespeare did Romeo and Juliet, which is already a story. So Yikes. That's like super cringe. Cringe. That's plagiarism. Um, Shakespeare that is plagiarism. Uh, so then the next tweet in this thread is a screenshot of the title of this essay that this excerpt is from, which is called Adapting Books for the Stage, Stephen Briggs Ponders the Challenges and Rewards of Dramatising Other People's Novels. What? So this... This is his own essay that he's quoting. <laughs> um, oh, ballsy, I love it. And then he says, originally written more than 10 years ago. Damn, uh, still true. Yeah. So, and then everyone's like, oh, the makers of the new watch should heed this advice. And then clapping emojis. And then one person who I respect, who's like, I mean, it, sometimes it's because you admire something with flaws that could have been done better. I think adaptions can improve on the original. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I just love how these people are just like cranking each other's and their own hogs. uh, While like, yes, definitely. Because because someone makes a very obvious subtweet at the watch. Like someone who's known for adapting Terry Pratchett makes a tweet about Mm -hmm. adapting Terry Pratchett, and then these fucking shitheads, these you know, boomers with too much time on their hands just go in there and say ah mm, i see the the makers ah. of the watch they should take note of this i hope they will Yanush. see this epic tweet from you sir that wins the internet right now they will Yanush retroactively the... cancel the show yeah hopefully they cancel the show now uh the cam- campaign for real isles uh, festivals are all cancelled at the moment what else are they supposed to do <laughs> that's true <laughs> rewash all of their uh, uh, iron maiden t-shirts <laughs> just fucking I'm sure there's like Poirot reruns on TV that they can watch instead <laughs> like if they don't want to watch the watch uh, I mean there's so much that's annoying about this because obviously it's completely not true in any way it's incredibly um, wrong it's like almost like the opposite of true and yeah. I don't really <laughs> mad voice, what if exactly this? the opposite of this is true it's yeah. funny though that he's so he's like I just like to go out and condemn an adaption of something when you yourself, he he's adapted this into plays. So it's like, mm. you are, you know, 
why is he's yours saying better? I, do you know? Yeah, he's saying I do it right and you're yeah. doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it's yeah. just kind of a bit like, well, maybe you both did it and there's yeah. no correct way to adapt something that's not your own. Maybe it's, you know, about individual choices and stylization and mm-hmm. we can all have a good time and hold hands. <laughs> why don't you just come up with your own story, Stephen? <laughs> it, it's just so against... Or, or, like everything I believe in about like fiction stories um, and stories in general which is that like some of the most interesting stuff is stuff that's like out of copyright and people yeah. do different versions of like again and again um, and I, and that's why I think copyright laws should at least die with the author I think that uh, you should be able to just like I don't know make your own Spider-Man movie who gives a shit <laughs> um, oh, and then you'd have like You'd have like a lot of shit adaptions, but you'd have a lot of interesting adaptions, and then people could be less protective of like the sanctity of their IP, and I think that would be better. But this is like the same kind of like boomer author uh, thing that just the people that just really passionately hate fan fiction. Mm. Yeah, which is bullshit. Like, like I know Stephen Moffat like always hated fan fiction or just Tumblr in general. Because um, it was better than his writing. <laughs> when, when, like, Sherlock is literally <laughs> fanfiction. Yeah, it, well, yeah. exactly. It's fanfiction with the a budget. The only difference is that it's funded. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the fucked up thing that literally the only difference between a BBC TV show and an AO3 fanfic is budget. And, yeah. yes. And, like, official licensing or whatever. Like, a stamp that this is. You know, Game of Thrones is licensed fanfiction of a song of ice, ice and fire. Or oh, are mm-hmm. we getting are we getting into a class reading of fanfiction dynamics? <laughs> I think it's true though. Yeah, because um, the way that adaption works, it is completely like only those who have the money to afford yeah. like the rights are allowed to make adaptions of things. Hmm. Which yeah. is, when you think about it, kind of fucked up. <laughs> I said it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But, it's like stories aren't actually for everybody, it turns out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, money. Thanks, money. <laughs> I think yeah, I may- love capitalism. I- I Maybe capitalism's wh- bad. I- I'm trying to remember which of our fellow podcasts uh, tweeted this out. I think it was, yeah, there's a Thailand Discord also. They also tweeted out like um, a quote from something where uh, someone interviewed James M. Kane and the reporter. Uh, it says this young man began his time with Kane by bemoaning how Hollywood has changed his books such as The Postman Always Drinks Twice and Double Indemnity before we could properly get into his rant the old man interrupted him by pointing to a shelf of books behind his desk the movies didn't change them a bit son they're all right up there so like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the books still exist mm. yeah. yeah they still have a huge readership yeah uh, yeah and it's like if if you truly don't want to change anything, then the ultimate adaption is just a black screen with a scrolling wall of text that is just the original <laughs> book, word for word. Oh, a, mov- that, a moving picture. That's cha- that's changing. That's changing the uh, medium, though. Yeah, You're right. It's, it yeah. might still be text, but it doesn't normally scroll in books. That's true. Um, mm. Did you say the medium is the message? <laughs> medium is the message. Mark this down on your bingo sheets, fans. <laughs> So it was a mistake to make these bingo cards because now I'm like, oh no, are we going to do them deliberately? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are we going to try and get people to get bingo? 
Like we um, have to become a self, like self-referential, so we become like a sort of ingrown hair that like becomes a pustule. Uh-huh. But it's but not, in podcast terms, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think we were the bacteria that infects that in, infects that ingrown hair. Mm. Let me just <laughs> pull like up the bingo card because I don't remember what was on there. <laughs> we definitely had a lot of good stuff. Capitalism bad, which we've done as well. Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> uh, we have been hating on a B-list celebrity, I think. <laughs> yeah. We don't Wait, didn't who? have a twenty-minute cold open because we actually talked about important stuff. Hey, do you know what yeah, the best show on TV is? Uh, is it Riverdale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually it's The Watch by BBC America twenty twenty-one. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. could well be. Maybe we'll have the, to start saying that. The only and most faithful adaption of Terry Pratchett. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just hmm. think it looks fun. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've stated our case. I guess my yeah. my point with this stuff is to, one, show that people are still reacting online to a minute-long trailer. And also, two, I just wanted to talk about adaptions in general because, I don't know, it's, it's such a bad take. It blew the top mm. of my head off and I couldn't stop thinking about yeah. it for like two hours. And I'm... I kept telling my dad about it. <laughs> I could hear the destination from here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did this because, like... Just a few hours ago, I just stopped giving a shit about the watch discourse. I was like, "We've we've all gotten over it." Um, oh. and I haven't I haven't been thinking about it the past few days. But now that we talked about it again, I'm I'm mad again. So, <laughs> oh, it's like you have to renew the like the anger yeah. each time. You see, I I'll feel really normal about it, and then I'll. I'll sign into our podcast Twitter uh-huh. where I follow a lot of like Discord people and then I'll see a post and I'll get mad all over again. <laughs> it's like welcome to Who Watches the Watch where we give ourselves hypertension. Yeah, so I saw this post because it was retweeted by um by it was quote tweeted by Re Pratchett saying, Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Re. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Re. Um so yeah, uh, and that made me mad too. And one of our one of our listeners, a uh, friend of the show, Lee, was like, "Why do they keep doing this?" <laughs> it's like all the people who are sort of tangentially Pratchett related. I mean, I can understand if they're personally upset, um, but it they keep doing this really weird thing of like subtweeting the show. Yeah. Um, and then saying something like loaded about adaptions or about Discworld or like, oh, this would be more real, whatever. Um, and then everyone gets mad in their um, in their replies. And then people go and harass the Watchcast. Mm-hmm. And, and then Which, they go, please mm. stop harassing the Watchcast. That's bad. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, stop talking about it then, maybe. I don't but know. But he wears, he wears eyeliner. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit... It's wrong. It's a, a bit sus or something. I don't yeah, know if I'm using that word right. Well, it's like not my know, harassing the watch actors in this case as well has also resulted in some, of course, because it's Britain transphobia, yep. which is oh, yeah, just oh, yeah. absolutely oh, disgusting to see. Really, um, mm. Mm. And yeah, and I fucking would not. I would like to not see it. I got really mad this about rancid aisle. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna repeat the turf arguments they made, but I got really mad because. Uh, th- like th- this one person who was like harassing um, what's what's the name of the actor Joe Eaton Smith I think Joe Eaton Kent <laughs> mm. almost got their name right 
Yeah, so they were like in their replies saying super turfy shit. Uh-huh. But it made me especially mad because they used the display name Esmo Weatherwax uh-huh. on Twitter. So I was like, not not my Granny Weatherwax. <laughs> nah. not, not, not in my Granny Weatherwax, which as we all know, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> Granny Weatherwax does say fuck her. Yeah. So. She <laughs> absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. She and says it at the end of every book. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a good bit. If you're, if you're a turf listening, uh, turf isn't a slur, but I wish it was. Bloody <laughs> turf. <laughs> turf is a slur. They're trying to silence us. Damn, wish it worked. <laughs> turf is like the most powerful gamer word, you can say. <laughs> yeah, remember when PewDiePie uh, got, he got shot during a game of Daisy or whatever it was, and, and he, said, he said turf. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, yeah so i just um it's like i don't know it's it's i understand people wanting to put out their opinion on their twitter or whatever but it does feel like they're just almost deliberately fanning it and then trying to like claim deniability it's really weird oh yeah i I must admit i uh, i do feel sympathy for for Ree pratchett like uh, i imagine Mm. she it can't be very nice having your father's work sort of taken out of where you feel like it should go. Like, mm. I don't agree with her arguments about it, and I, I think she should stop fanning. She probably doesn't see that she's driving people towards uh, harassing the watch cast and, the, and producers, but, mm. but like, it, it, it does every time you do that. I don't know. I, I do have sympathy for her. Yeah. I, I just wish she, should, she would stop posting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn, maybe we should all stop posting. <laughs> oh, Nothing <wait>. good comes <laughs> to posting. No, but right. like especially, uh, especially... I miss it every authors. day. <laughs> if you have more than 10k followers, you should stop posting IMO. Yeah. If you have more than 1,000, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, I, as hosts of this show, know I have very strong opinions on fame, famous popularity stuff and what it does to the human brain. Um, I think it's bad. <laughs> and like, I get but... why she's, I get why she's, uh, like, to the, the, the thing George said, I get why she's upset that, you know, it's her dad's stuff or whatever. But at mm. the same time, she could also look at it like, oh, cool, this world my dad created is now, has now uh, snowballed into something that is totally different, but still looks fun. You know, that would also be an attitude yeah. that she could adapt. So uh, Yeah, and I, I guess I'm less mad at her than I am at, like, I don't know, like, Neil Gaiman oh, or, yeah, for sure. or uh, other media people who are also doing it. And I'm pretty sure there's other ones. i just probably not looking at it because it makes me really angry. I really think the Stephen Briggs thing was the worst one. Yeah. It's pretty galaxy brand. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah. Also, he's uh, like, uh, I have no attachment to Stephen Briggs in general. No, I think he, I think he's. I mean, I used to like them a lot when I was a kid. I liked his books, but you know, all old British men are probably evil. <laughs> yeah, that's just a fact of life. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I was gonna say something else. I just wait. What were we talking about? Repratchet. Uh, Terry Pratchett was an old British man. Yeah, and he was probably evil. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was gonna say. Um, I kind of really like how um, 
Hiromu Arakawa, like the author of uh, the Full Metal Alchemist manga, was like super excited about the way the original anime changed the story or like you know the way they made up their own story basically like she was like mm. she, she said she was like excited to watch it every week to see what new thing they came up with uh, based on the characters she created you know and she was also yeah. like excitedly watching the finale <laughs> so i yeah. think this this is also like an attitude you can have right to uh to just yeah. see adaptations as their own thing you don't need to like cling to it in in, in this weird uh idolizing yeah. way of the original not to get real on this yeah. podcast but <laughs> i mean we're always real on this podcast our point is that as as we said before we don't really believe in the sanctity of the original um because i don't think anything is particularly original it's kind of i mean also with terry pratchett books because they're pastiches of other things it's kind of very funny that people would get yeah. upset about them changing <laughs> uh <laughs> Which, Almost. speaking of, we should we should get on with the book. Yeah, um, we're getting a bit gone with the discourse. <laughs> oh, yeah. blown away by the posts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have one away. final thing to say. It's almost like uh, art is a un- unending process that, that is constantly being reinvented by people and societies and cultures uh, and becomes something greater than the sum of its parts every time it's made, even if it's not good art. And then that that bad, yeah, that bad art can then inspire actual good art. Sometimes I don't know. But George, how do you get one hundred percent completion? If that's true. <laughs> oh, uh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's get on to the book that we're talking about. Speaking of pastiches, um, today we read the middle part of Moving Pictures. Woo! 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 Um. They're still um, moving. The clackers. Wait, what? They, what do they yeah. call them? The clicks. <laughs> clicks. Clicks. Citizen Kane. Casablanca. The Godfather. <laughs> All the stuff we like. Venom. Uh-huh. Um, so, very quick summary. Um, I'm not going to do it like necessarily <laughs> perfectly chronological because there's like a bunch of different plot lines happening. Um, basically, in Hollywood, Ginger and uh, Victor. They find all the animals who have been affected by Hollywood, um, and then they're found by Dibbler, who is like, I want you to be in my next picture because you're popular, but he doesn't say that. Um, But he's like, I'll let you have another chance, and Gaspard helps them negotiate a better salary, (laughs) along with an agent's fee. (laughs) Uh, They go back down, they, they do some more... They do some more clicks, some shorter ones. They're all, like, very romantic. They do sort of... The classic old Hollywood, like, desert movies. Just, like, a bunch of those with camels. The shake. Um, the camel doesn't speak, but, you know, camels, we, as we know, are already... They're pretty intelligent, so it probably doesn't affect them that much. It's too intelligent to admit that it's intelligent. Is exactly. What, is what Pratchett says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been going a bit strange in Hollywood. Everyone's being very affected by, like, the idea and the spirit of Hollywood. Um, Ginger and Victor realise that each of them has a star in their eye. <laughs> They've got stars in their eyes, along with Dibbler, who also has stars in his eyes. And he's becoming the most affected. He's becoming like a very old Hollywood, like Don studio head. He's got a cigar. He's like, Victor, baby. And he's like gone a bit mad with power and he wants to just create bigger and bigger pictures. Meanwhile, Ginger in the night 
she tells Victor that she wants to be like the biggest person who's ever lived, the most famous person who exists. Um, and she, she's very affected by like the urge to become famous, which is sort of what I was talking about earlier and how it's bad. Um, and Victor's like, wow, it's weird that people would want to be famous and be something rather than do something. That's like a, a new thing that's never really happened before. Um, and in the night, she is sort of possessed by a spirit from the temple of some kind. We don't really understand why yet. Um, and she's trying to um, dig up the temple that's in the desert. Meanwhile, Dibbler gets the idea to create, like, the biggest film ever, which will be called Blown Away, about the Ankh-Morpork Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> which was... Uh, to do this, he wants them to build a city-wide uh, sculpture like a mock-up of Ankh-Morpork, which they can then burn for real. Uh, and he's very excited about it, but everyone else is a bit less sort of excited, but also concerned about stuff like budget. Um, his nephew Sol is there, and he's trying to trying to help out, but he has to stop Dibbler putting advertising and everything um, in literally every scene <laughs> for Haga's House of Ribs. Dibbler fires Silverfish, um, which is very funny because it was Silverfish's studio, which is very true to life and like how it worked in the studio yep. system. <laughs> we get fun Untied Alchemist, which is obviously United Artists, which was very funny to me. So they're going to make this big movie and it's obviously going to be starring Victor and it's going to be starring Ginger and maybe one of the other trolls is going to be the other love interest. Victor wanted to go to Ankh-Morpork to ask the librarian about the temple, but he no longer can because Dibbler is too obsessed with this new movie. Um, meanwhile, there's a new dog called Laddie, <laughs> who's like the most <laughs> the most attractive, sleek, beautiful dog that you've ever seen, but is a himbo. It's a himbo dog. And <laughs> 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 Gaspard gets really upset by how servile he is and how willing he is to help out the humans, which Gaspard is struggling with because he has the urge to do that as well, but also kind of wants to be a wolf. Um, at one, he says no gods, no masters at one, at one point he sees Ginger in the desert trying to open the door in her sleep um, and he gets suddenly hit by all the sort of Hollywood dream Hollywood dream that is affecting um, Ginger at that moment and he sees what is presumably supposed to be his wishes which is one to be like beloved by humans and have steak and be wearing a collar and he rejects it because he doesn't want a collar and then it's like what if you're a wolf and you eat people and he's like no I don't really want to do that either <laughs> oh, the so duality of dog exactly uh, the schizophrenic <laughs> doggy mind it says uh, <laughs> but he makes friends with Laddie even though he resents him and they have like dog adventures and hang out it's very nice uh, <laughs> good clean fun for the family yeah, meanwhile, Detritus is having botherations because he's in love with the nightclub worker, Ruby, and she's also having botherations because she sort of feels vaguely like she should be a modern troll but doesn't really know how to do that. Um, so they're having, like, a sort of difficult romance. Detritus is the ultimate himbo, though. Detritus yeah. oh, yeah. is a himbo. Ruby's, like, he's very hot and he's got, like, his knuckles really drag the ground and he's just really big. <laughs> but he's just, I feel conflicted because he doesn't know anything about modern life and how to treat a woman, although I don't know how to do that either. So. She's also like, I know that I'm smarter than him and that I, yes. that strangely turns me That's on. That's reassuring. 
<laughs> but anyway, just goes to pretty show. similar to a lot of the other relationships we see in yes. Terry Pratchett's books. I was going to say that, but it's just literally the same as every other Terry Pratchett book. Room. <laughs> it's just like a smart woman and some guy. <laughs> yeah, a I... smart woman who's mean to a guy and they're in love for some reason. <gasps> Damn, yeah. that couldn't uh, be me. <laughs> yeah, which is is also happening in this. We're in, informed by Gaspard that Victor and um, Ginger are in love, which is very footage not found, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> she just continues to be mean to him. Yeah, both of them which deny is obviously it, obviously very hot. Yeah, no, it's because they can't admit it yet, because it's not the end of the book. Um, <laughs> uh, Dibbler sends off for a thousand elephants to be in his big movie. So we get that plot line every now and again. There's some elephant distributors who are like wow this is the biggest order of elephants anyone has ever filled um and they're in clatch and they decide to go across the desert and the mountains and the jungle uh picking up elephants as they go so that they can finally have a thousand elephants that they can deliver to dibbler i'm not sure where this comes from (laughs) it's just it's just a funny plot i think he was like what if elephants it pays off at the end i think i mean it's 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 like a classic movie joke because they, when like elephants were in movies, they always put that on the poster, like in in the very early yeah. movies. But he just yes. he just brings it to, way too far. Like you know, the way that it becomes like an actual plot point is very funny to me. Yeah. He, he sometimes has this <laughs> yeah. thing where like one throwaway joke uh, he makes, he likes it so much that he like keeps riffing on it and keeps making it much more important than. Uh, then the joke like actually legitimizes. I mean, he's, uh, I think that's some whole books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric. It's, it's I mean funny. Faust. Eric. Eric Faust. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's pretty funny. It's, you know, it's, it's like a like an it. extra bit. It shows also things about like the Hollywood dream state that's affecting everyone affects people really far away as well. So the elephant people keep getting like flashes of movie lines and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so they're also, yeah, it's it's affecting people really far away, um, which takes us to the other sort of plot line that's going on at the same time, which is at Unseen University, as we saw last week, mm-hmm. um, where they're investigating more about this reality measuring device. Um, Wrigley goes looking through the papers of um, Numbers Richter, the guy who made it. And, they don't find it, but the buzzer does find it, and he like pockets it because he's like, "I'll look at this later on my own." Um, meanwhile, it's increasing the amount of pellets it's spitting out, which can only be a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the librarian who keeps going to the the cinema because he loves it, um, he sees something strange about the Hollywood desert, and he's like, "I recognize this. I recognize the markings, and I recognize these rocks." So he goes down into his deepest, dark cellar of bad books, which we've seen many times before. There's the Octavo, there's the, uh, you know, the other ones, the Book of Tantric Sex, that's in Ice Water, which we've also seen before. And also down there is the Necrotelecomnicom, which was written by Ahmed the Mad, who referred to himself as Ahmed, that I just get these headaches. (laughs) And uh, in it, he wrote a bunch of like prophecies and stuff that he experienced after drinking too much clatchy and coffee and becoming <laughs> dangerously sober. <laughs> I'd like to drink some clatchy and coffee. I think it sounds. I like don't a think experience. I would. No. <laughs> That's just <laughs> like rough. waking up after like 
like well not having any sleep drinking three coffees and like two monster energy drinks and then like mm. having three cigarettes and then fainting yeah. that's what clutching coffee does to you but this has got to be like a like a thing that's on red bubble t-shirts uh, among this mm-hmm. world fans that says don't talk to me before i've had my clutching I've had coffee, my clutching oh, coffee. if it isn't already Epic. i'm gonna make that i'm gonna google it damn revenue streams I mean, I think re- the real clash in coffee is just class consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Ooh, talk to me before I've had my class consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I feel. Yeah, every morning. I'm not sending um, you a clash in coffee one, but I am sending you a shirt that. Um, oh hell yeah! I think you need to look at. Oh shit! No, mm, I think I've. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listener, listener, this is a humorous t-shirt of a cat drinking <clears throat> coffee that says, that's what I do. I drink coffee and hate. I hate people and I know things. Uh, as a sort of weird half-reference to the TV show Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is the exact it's kind of thing funny. my friends from home would put on our WhatsApp group. And they'd be like, haha, this is pretty funny, hey? <laughs> because they all live in 2012. Yeah, so They're I can't find any catching coffee merch, which means I have to make it. Yeah, me neither. Got to do everything around here, I guess. I know. Um, okay, so the librarian reads the book, and he hears the story about once upon a time there was a city, and the people had all this stuff, um, but they had like a dangerous idea that took over, and it's put a hole in reality, and then it sank into the sea as punishment. And the people became fish and lobsters. But luckily, in the end, the the creatures from beyond the world were, like, defeated by a man who uh, <laughs> said that I cannot destroy it because it's it's not a thing, it's only an idea, but I will guard it um, forever, and you must honour me as I guard it so it won't be forgotten. And he is dressed in golden armour and has a sword, and he, like, stands by the door. Yeah, he um, looks like, like everyone. Huh. Looks like my Uncle Osric. <laughs> Slash Oswald. Osbert. Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he looks like my uncle Osmond Kettleblack. <laughs> Put Damn. another one down the bingo card. Hell yeah! I mean, we've had at least a few. Um, uh, Janosch has a T-shirt that says, "That's what I do. I make uh, Game of Thrones references, and I know mm-hmm. things." <laughs> You see, you're saying it's too much to ask our audience to recognise Epic of Gilgamesh uh, references, yet you're asking them to remember a very obscure Song of Ice and Fire character. Yeah, well, our listeners also listen to our other uh, podcasts, so... <laughs> Maybe. Who can tell? Yeah, and so the librarian's like, oh, I know the story, that everyone knows this story. It's like a sort of transgression story where they go too far and then they're punished, but it looks exactly like Holy Word. That's weird. Um, hmm. And meanwhile, Victor is sort of having similar realization that all that sort of power of fame and belief in that area can open a door into a world, and bad things will probably come through it, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. It's a little dungeon dimensiony. Well, it is. Yes, it's exactly. Um, that is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and so. That's sort of where we are in the book there. We've started production on Blown Away and it's Blown causing chaos. Away. And <laughs> Blown Away. <laughs> and so we we only can see where it goes from here. Hmm. Yeah. 
Now, I've not seen so. Gone with the Wind. Are there any talking dogs in it? Uh, I don't think so. No, but there is a dog in it, I think. Are there a thousand elephants? There are exactly 1,000 elephants in Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I've counted, <laughs> and these are uh, definitely 1,000 elephants. <laughs> There's also a chariot race and a shark in it. <laughs> Some the shark. They would have got squashed by all the elephants. <laughs> Yeah. Some great uh, t- Terry references once again. Some great films such as <laughs> Jaws. such as Jaws. <laughs> Some classic cinema references. Some films such as Jaws Three, the one where the shark's capacity for revenge is heightened to an almost superhuman extent. This time, it's personal. <laughs> no, that's Jaws yeah. 4, I think. But... That's Jaws 4, sorry. Yeah, Jaws 3 is just... Jaws 3 is the sharks. 3D one. It's it's Jaws 3D. Gone with the Wind with Sharks would be pretty good if the sharks ate all the white supremacists in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Gone with the Sharks. Frankly, my dear, the Confederates have been eaten by sharks. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why I can already see... I don't remember the ending of the book, and of course I don't want to spoil it to Lucy who hasn't read it, but I can sense... Mm-hmm. Uh, this this not going well, and I think the reason is that uh, Dibbler is trying to make a bad movie, like a bad problematic racist movie, like Gone with the Wind, instead of a good movie like Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, if he'd made Citizen Kane, then we wouldn't have had this issue. Exactly. Um, I mean, and I mean, to be need less set. <laughs> to be fair to Terry, Citizen Kane was like a flop originally, so it's obviously not the yeah. type of like crowd pleaser movie that um, that his pastiching here. <laughs> And it was very, like, it was the biggest film ever when it came out, Gone with yeah. the Wind. Like, it, it did, it did really, like, blow up. There was, like, this catchism as well in Hollywood afterwards, which was, like, if you want to make money, do a Civil War movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the, the, so... the first blockbuster was a post-Civil War movie. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and Civil War as well. Uh, got yeah. Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Well, I think that's what they were referring to as well. It was like, these yeah. are our, our two popular movies. It's like, oh, cool, the racist one. <laughs> <laughs> the extremely racist ones. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Holly- it's Hollywood. Pre- yeah, um, it's pretty bad. It's unfortunately also like invented film language, uh, basically like uh, yeah. codified the way a ton of movies were edited after that. Mm. It's almost like... That thing I said about art earlier that it, you kind of can't stop it or control it. it it's it's always going to be there and change and bad things are going to come from good things and good things are going to come from bad things and no, everything's flowing big. together and crystallizing and remelting. It's a big slurry again. of, of yeah. brain thoughts. Yeah. Because if we yeah. hadn't um, had early film, then we wouldn't have had other great films nowadays like Venom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine a world without Venom? Because I can't. <laughs> Birth of, a, <laughs> birth of a Nation <laughs> made Venom possible. <laughs> Damn. Cecil B. De- Cecil B. DeMille walked so that Tommy Wiseau could run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau a- did love classic cinema. Like that's uh, yeah. there's bits in it in 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 uh, in the book The Disaster Artist. I haven't seen the movie because fuck James Franco. <laughs> yeah same I've, I've also read the book and not seen the movie we are the same um, but like there's 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 that whole thing about Tommy Wiseau being 
obsessed with uh, Rebel Without a Cause and like Cat on yeah. a Hot Tin Roof and you know all these all these like 50s movies he wants to do classic cinema mm. um, yeah. which is what he does and, and, and The Room is like uh, based on the plot is like very melodramatic um, yeah <laughs> really <laughs> yeah it's no melodrama there <laughs> No, I think, no it's, I think the room is like the, the purest melodrama there is in uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in modern cinema. Is. Sorry, well, he wanted it. He, he did want. He did want it to be like Streetcar Named Desire, didn't? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, exactly. Like his whole thing. Um, anyway, fuck Elia Kazando too. <laughs> moving pictures. Uh, I really, yeah, I think it's really interesting what, like, like Gaspard is having his own weird like identity crisis throughout this part of the book because mm. um, he's really having to deal with the because he's a dog and he can now think which dogs normally don't at least in that way he now has to like self-determine which is really causing him issues <laughs> because he doesn't know if he wants to be a wolf or be like a dog and he's like I don't want to have a family and be servile and be petted I want to be streetwise and hardy but he, he's not sure if he really does want that. Mm-hmm. I think sort of the biggest themes of this is not knowing what you want to do and like having opportunities available to you. Like you have the mm. whole thing, extremely relatable thing that Ginger talks about midway where she's like, yeah, I hated being on the farm, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. But then like suddenly we're making um, movies and stuff, or, you know, moving pictures. Um, but then she goes on like, and think about how many people you know, would have been a great, like, flautist if they'd ever touched the instrument. But instead they went on to be shitty plowers. And Mm. it was a good conversation that made me feel very weird. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, you know, that's something I think think about a lot. Like, you know, how you could, like, can, like, live your whole life without discovering something that you're good at and uh, passionate about, so... There's, there's actually like a yeah. the, to to my fellow Germans or fans of I think there's also translations of these but like there's this German fantasy author named Walter Merce and he has in one of his books there's a character who like states the exact same thing and I read that when I was a teenager and that's uh, also stick with me a lot like there's a character who's like uh, he's the mayor of this town they're in and he's like uh I think there's one thing everybody is good at and like especially good at. He he just says this in a way, yes. This thing everybody is especially good at. Um and you need to discover that, but like many people don't. Um and then he says this is not a particularly uh great philosophy maybe, but being a philosopher is not what I am particularly good at. I'm particularly good at being a mayor <laughs> of this town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, other yeah. thing that really g- weirdly got me was like the Gaspard thing mm. where he was like uh you know do I want to be like it would be nice to uh to like actually belong to someone and like you know have a human who will uh who I get genuinely excited to when I see them but at the same time is would that be weak of me <laughs> You know, would that <laughs> would that make me like an idiot, like Laddie? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's a like interesting thing. I mean, I think 
we all i think everyone feels the sort of pull to just sort of give in and go with the flow and maybe and like a lot of people actively buy into systems which oppress them because it it gives them the freedom to not to not be free as it were you know you're yeah Yeah, you you don't have to think for yourself you don't have to fight for things you just have to sit back and go through the motions Mm. and i think there there's there is appeal to that to giving giving in yeah and he's even like gaspard is even like um i mean wouldn't that be what being a dog is about like is is that possible (laughs) like he mm-hmm. you know he sees the like th- that uh, th- that that kind of really got me that part where he's like uh mm. am i am i just not a dog if i'm not like that <laughs> uh yeah. yeah is there something wrong with yeah. me sort of thing yeah yeah gaspo real main character he's kind of the main character Maybe, of this of at least this middle section yeah he's i i like victor but he's more interesting than victor and he's yeah. more developed yeah, I think so. Because um, Victor mostly just reacts to things as sort of Pratchett main character, as Gaspard is really like <laughs> he he, he knows and he understands a lot. Yeah, um, he's the there, probably more than Victor. He's the there are two wolves inside of you problem, but it's just one wolf. Yeah, <laughs> one wolf and one like lap dog, and he he has like a whole class consciousness minute <laughs> moment with Laddie where he's like, I was. <laughs> thrown into the river as a puppy and that's how i lived i'm not a pure breed i Mm. i wasn't loved by people i just was had to sort of fend for myself otherwise i would just be killed in the street as a dog that's been my lot and i'm sort of sad about it but i'm pretending not to be is gaspode and laddie amigaverse fiction Uh. no I do kind of wonder if, like, even, like, shipping Gaspard and uh, Laddie would be kind of like a Scooby-Doo conundrum, where it's like... Listen, Charlotte and I have talked at length about the ethics of having Scooby-Doo form any kind of relationship with anybody, and what that means in terms of bestiality. Do we need to get into it on this podcast as well? You know, me me listening to that uh, discussion on your podcast is the thing that put that thought into my head, even. (laughs) It is in your excellent podcast, Fred Says Fuck, (laughs) which can be found on any podcast catcher. George has listened to every episode. No, I've listened to them recording it a few times through the door by accident (laughs) because I was doing something else. (laughs) He was he was buying. Um, Yeah, uh, I I think it's uh, it's it's dubious because Laddie is very dumb, but I think that it's also beautiful. Um, no, but I, th- Laddie, you know, <laughs> but I don't think Laddie is simply dumb. I think <laughs> I think Laddie is just a normal dog. Yeah. Laddie is just a dog, yeah. and Gaspard is the one who developed a consciousness. So it's not like just a simply dumb thing, but it's like it's more like Gaspard is basically you know has basically a human mind, whereas Laddie has a dog mind. So Laddie has dog brain. <laughs> as, as as dumb as this is, as like a conversation, it does feed into this sort of like. Um, the situations it's facing all these other animals yeah. as well around Hollywood, which is suddenly having to think like humans would think mm. and having to face up to like their, their sort of natural realities of how they exist as animals, but like with a, a, a human style consciousness and self awareness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the like cat, cat can't eat mice again uh, anymore yes. because they speak now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Whereas fish have develop haven't now. achieved this consciousness yet, so the cat can still eat fish because it doesn't have to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, although the, the fish and the lobsters are like human people who are now fish and lobsters, but mm. it's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> now, um, and the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that the, the, yeah. the, now that they have consciousness, that consciousnesses, they are they are also under effect of the Holywood uh, spirit, as it were. Yeah, and they they want to become Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're like they're like we just faced up to the inevitable, and we will be in moving pictures now. <laughs> I like yeah. Gaspar Nobody just would. being like, no, that sounds stupid. No one wants to watch a cat chase a mouse around. That yeah, sounds like bullshit. Such a dumb gag. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's so good. He keeps doing Looney Tunes ones, like with the duck in the last one. You probably well, the the uh, the the rabbit says, "What's up, duck?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's very funny to see. Like every time we get like a sense of what uh, Terry Pratchett's cultural framework was at the moment he was writing this particular <laughs> book. Because, like, you know, with yeah. with Weird Sisters, it was, like, Laurel and Hardy and Charlie Chaplin and the Marx Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. <laughs> 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 and with this one, it's, like... Uh, so, we, we did already mention, uh, you know, Jaws, great film. Then there's, of course, uh, Gone with the Wind and Ben-Hur with the... Um, chariot races and then there's like a blues brothers joke at one point yeah uh Um, trying to think of the the tom and jerry thing of course the hi-ho thing with the seven dwarfs (laughs) yeah it says it says they've started singing a risque version of the hi-ho song which i don't know what that's about (laughs) oh i think there's a is there a like a legend about there being a really dirty version of the dwarves or something yeah, probably. Maybe. What the dwarves, but instead of sleepy, they're called like horny, randy, dilfy, fucking cummy. <laughs> I, I love dilfy. Mark, Mark men- first mention of cum down on your bingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah, my favorite. Um, hi ho! It's off to twerk. We go. That's uh... genuinely my favorite uh, the, the improv memory. Not to be cringe was uh, oh. when, pretty cringe, bro. <laughs> like in a <laughs> improv scene where we had to reenact the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which is none of us knew the actual names of the dwarfs, so we just came up with seven new names on the spot. That's you know, it's cringe, but it was pretty funny at the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It sounds good. I would have enjoyed seeing that sketch. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Douglas Fairbanks was, uh, who's one of the actors that um, Victor's very much based on. He did like a famous one called The Thief of Baghdad, which is definitely, I think, what they're yeah. um, riffing on when they have like the camels in the desert. Mm. And he's like, hey, what if rather than having loads of camels, you just get one camel and you put it in front of the camera a bunch of times? <laughs> They just yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they discover editing and camera tricks. It's good. Yeah. Also, they're sort of doing the shake as well, aren't they, with uh, Rudolph Valentino? I haven't seen yeah. any old movies. I, <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. I'm so curious of like how much of this book is going completely over my head, just because I'm like unaware of which movies he's talking about. 
I mean, most of the time you just like oh, like old movies. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to know. T- you don't need to know the specific ones because it's mostly just like that's what all movies were like, you know. Yeah. Really, all um, you need to see is Citizen Kane and Casablanca, and then you've got <laughs> you've got it. And Venom and Eraserhead, and the Godfather and the Godfather um, Part Two in Chicago. Yeah. And Chicago, obviously. <laughs> um, so what what do you think is like this part of the book is trying to say about the pursuit of fame? Uh, well, it's I not think good. It's saying that the pursuit of money, well, at least in Dibbler's case, but it's it's fame, not money, because. So then, at one point, they go into Ginger's room, and she's like <laughs> plastered her entire room with like her own face, like posters of her. Um, and they go in there, and they're like, "Okay, so this is kind of spooky." <laughs> <laughs> I but think that it is might just... be trying to say that it's bad for you. <laughs> but yeah. this is just me when I listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah. episodes that I was <laughs> you know episodes of podcasts that I was on listening to them out loud and I'm like yeah this is good <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that one thing that people might be good at but they'll never know because it wasn't created and for us luckily we live in a world where podcasts exist yeah. <laughs> so we have that thing that we're good at god yeah. imagine like living in a society without podcasts and you just have this I can't. You just feel this emptiness inside and you don't know mm. where it comes from and you're just wandering aimlessly through the world and thinking something is missing and then you die mm. like in 1950 without having ever experienced a podcast. Not yeah. to get real again. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of kind of like the uh, TV series Ghosts where uh, one of them died in like and the Elizabethan times, but she's actually a very natural film editor, but she never gets the opportunity <laughs> yeah. because she's a ghost. What? She's like, it's a great show. It's just about some people who like move into this house that this woman inherits and it's full of ghosts and they've all died in different periods, but they're trying to like rent the house out to the BBC so they can film like period dramas there and all the ghosts get really into it. Okay. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. It's a good show. It is good. It's quite funny. It's by the Horrible Histories people who are good. Mm. Uh, people keep recommending um, this to me recently. Was there a new series out now or something? Yeah. Yeah, ah. season two came out. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was thinking about when I was reading this. Yeah, even like the elephant guy was like, wow, I never knew that I was meant to deliver a thousand <laughs> elephants, but now I get to live in this time <laughs> where I have the opportunity to deliver a thousand that elephants. That was so good. <laughs> Do you think... What do you guys think that you would have done if it was, like, the 1600s? What What do you think would have been your forte? Uh, die of smallpox. <laughs> George, uh, you'd have died of asthma long before the smallpox got you. <laughs> hey, no. I'd just be physically weaker than most people. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think it hasn't I killed me yet. Sad peasant who, I guess, plows, I don't know, <laughs> die executed for ribald comments in the public yeah. sphere. Charlotte like would... my like my ancestor, William Collingbourne. You'd just be wearing the skull's bridle constantly for scolding <laughs> yeah. too much. Yeah, I would be. They'd put that skull's bridle on me permanently. I would just, like, wear that. <laughs> I would be like, damn, I can't jack off again, but what else is there to do in 1600-something? <laughs> You can't, because then if you do that, then the devil will get you. Yeah. <laughs> the devil yeah. gets into you through your Yeah, I would, pro- I would probably just think about the devil a lot if I was living in... 
I'd be like, maybe I'm sort of into the devil. <laughs> I I feel like in in medieval or uh, Renaissance society, it would have been like, I don't think you would be into the devil. Like maybe you. I feel like if society is like that, even if you're into it, you would like live in denial, which is sad. Oh, no, they're, yeah, they're into the devil very much. That would make it worse. <laughs> because you would be into it, but you also would feel like you were going to hell for that reason and that you were going to be subject to eternal torment. So you would just be tormented in real life at the same time. Damn. Damn. Do you Christianity think- <laughs> isn't always like this, but sometimes it really just is people like, oh shit, I'm going to go to hell and for literally no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about like what hell is like for people who desperately want to fuck the devil. Like it's... <laughs> It's like it's like tantalizing because you kind of want to be there, but you also are being tormented. Yeah, but you also know that if you got to devil, if you got to hell, <laughs> you, the ultimate punishment would be that you will never be able to actually fuck the devil. Like, so I don't know, maybe you just devil... maybe you just fucking cut off your dick and balls immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but what if people are? Some people are probably into that. I don't know. Yeah. And I suppose they wouldn't have it, but the devil would just be like, cons- like very flirty, but never actually do it. <laughs> what if you would yeah. have to like constantly fu- watch the devil fuck someone else? <laughs> I mean, some people are going to be really world, into that. Yeah. You have to go. You have to go to like office dues with the devil. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always like a will they won't they kind of energy, but nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> That's what I was oh. gonna say. You go, you go to a bunch of parties where the devil's there, and you've told, you've been told that he's gonna be there, but you only get to have like one conversation with him, and then he's like left, and you're like, oh shit, I came here for no reason, and that just keeps happening. Yeah, but then yeah. the next day you're gonna uh, hear from your f- people you you thought were your friends <laughs> saying that you know they spent all night with the devil, and uh, then they went home with him and uh, gave mm-hmm. him the best blowjob, and. You know, just <laughs> Oh, no. you were my your, friend. your friend doesn't know. Is this what office parties are like? <laughs> yeah, probably. Hell, hell is being stuck. Is being a cast member in like in real life in one of in one of those interminable American sitcoms with a with the will they won't they uh, couple. Mm. Um, but <laughs> the, the other person in the couple is 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 Satan himself, <laughs> the great beast. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I just love the way his hooves are clothed. Okay. <laughs> but what was, what was why were we talking about this? But it goes on for six thousand series, <laughs> and you, they you never do. I'm just thinking about the <laughs> devil's wiki feet entry. Wiki hoof, wiki hoof. How did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know. We were talking about what we'd be oh, in yeah. the 1600s. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, I think, yeah, Charlotte Charlotte would just say something to the alderman like, Forsooth, sir, why hath God given you a face like uh, the pimple on the backside of my least favorite cow? <laughs> For thou <laughs> art more uh, postulant uh, and poxworthy. Egads. <laughs> They go, there's no female jesters, and they put the skull mask back on me. <laughs> a thing that I actually like, to to get out of the bit here for a second, this is... 
okay. me opening up <laughs> to, 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 to all of you and our listeners. This is Janusz Confession as well. Okay. A thing that I actually do keep thinking about constantly is what if I was born in a time where glasses haven't been invented yet? <gasps> I think about oh, no, you just all the time as well. I think I'd have just been hit by a horse-drawn carriage yeah. at the tender age of about three. <laughs> I would just P- think that just this fight. is how you're supposed to see, that you're just not supposed to recognize people's faces until you're like within a half meter range of them yeah mm-hmm. distressing to think about people would just be like why can't you f-? i mean i guess you wouldn't be reading anyway yeah. probably but like if you're if you're maybe like highborn and educated and people are still like stupid girl can't even read letters and i'm just like crying <laughs> God, there's, <laughs> such a, there's such a moving scene in in the great anime uh dr stone which i can recommend to everyone it's Genuinely one of my favorite shows from last year. Uh, th- there's such a great scene in it where, um, where like someone invents glasses basically, and one of the characters gets glasses for the first time, and she she's so happy about it <laughs> because she can finally see. <laughs> hmm. That's sort of how I was when I was like 16 and I got glasses and I realized that you can see the leaves on yeah. trees and also things that are far away. For the <laughs> yeah, same. It was yeah. just uh, at the age of seven instead. Yeah, I don't really... Mm. I got glasses when I was like three or four, so I've never experienced Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, my parents were like, damn, she do be running into things. <laughs> <laughs> give, me your, give me your lunch money, nerds. <laughs> I've got great eyesight. My parents, I had a lazy eye when I was younger, so I had to wear an eye patch to school for like two years, which not good for the bullying, but also mm-hmm. like oh, I would just get to school and rip now. it off because it was awful, <laughs> which now I'm thinking about it probably had some like long-term consequences that I haven't fully realized yet, but mm-hmm. at least people weren't calling me patchy. Like <laughs> Patch face. I'm patch, patch face. <laughs> okay. Anyway, as as good as this is, uh, <laughs> moving, moving pictures. Picture. <laughs> My favorite Russia album. Can't watch moving yeah. pictures without glasses. That's a transition. There we go. There we go. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they, they see they see Ginger's spooky room, and it's full of pictures of her own face. And is this okay? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you think this is good? It's bad. I was thinking about, um, as I was reading this, the main thought I had, not the main thought, but something that kept occurring to me was like, wow, is Terry talking about the production of this movie, Terry commentating on his own books? Because there was a bit where they kept talking about, like, the obligatory romance and you show the films they're doing where it ends with, like, a kiss. And I was like, Terry, that's just every one of your books. God, what if it's metatextual all along, Charlotte? Damn. <laughs> but no one's making Terry put the romances in. In the in in this movie that Dibbler's making, Dibbler's making them put the romance in. But Yeah, because like this is the the false equivalency here is that the reason why um fucking what was it called? The Rose of the Dessert or whatever. Yeah. Um was successful was because of that kiss and the people of Ankh-Morpork mm. got like so turned on by it they have never seen <laughs> anything like it before the fucking librarian watched it 50,000 times um but this didn't happen about like it's not like people uh people have read sorcery and hell yeah <laughs> kept writing <laughs> terry to put more like really sexy romances in his books 
Yeah, I want more Nobody. Nigel. <laughs> Nobody's jerking it to Nigel and Conina. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a that's you, you want to bet on that. <laughs> I think no. I have built this into action now. Don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bit where Gaspar and like one of the cats or something is talking about like Victor and Ginger's romance, and it's like, oh, human romance is mostly just like arguing and stuff, and it's like, I'm not sure it is. Terry. I think it is. <laughs> I just he's just like listen what if there's like a fairly average guy who's like all right and then there's like a really hot lady who's mean to him <laughs> that would be pretty hot <laughs> I'm turned on what already if, what if she's what if she's no nonsense but she's also mean to him and kind of exasperated a lot would that be a great romance or what <laughs> I would not instantly is it is it his fetish is this just or is this just how he sees women is this just british people i mean oh yeah i don't know is this just what he thinks is this no because i'm i'm at the po- at the part i can't tell why it happens in every book at the part, i'm at the part of freakcast where they talk about the ron and hermione romance in book mm. six i forgot the title half blood is prince and I, I really do be th- uh, thinking about this now. Like, do do British people just love uh, unhealthy? Or is is this their idea of romance that it's just people arguing? I think that's just because if you Maybe. have a country where everybody is so um, sociologically repressed, then most of the relationships people grow up um, either in or surrounded by do end up being very like argumentative and like compact as well so it appears in a lot of books who that were like written around this time because that's what was you know people were unhappy and there's now more choice yeah (laughs) i mean yeah you can have genderqueer orgies in the middle of the road now (laughs) you can have genderqueer orgies (laughs) yeah you do these days (laughs) (laughs) yeah the, the thing is i think it's almost maybe it's just that it's very 90s in it's almost like a response to feminism where rather than i don't know being normal the response is like okay what if women are like really clever but like kind of mean because men are so annoying Mm. um but also they're having a romance and then that's what you do in every book yeah i think terry just thinks that's hard a lot of men tying their shoes it's just like ugh. Yeah, yeah. So, gives me the ick. This is gonna be um, a, a timely reference that is not even people are not even gonna remember as soon as the episode goes up. Wait, this is being know, recorded. <laughs> George didn't press the audacity. Um. Um, Don't worry, I did. <laughs> okay, but yeah, no, I think this is it's almost like very yeah, in like especially British literature at this time, it, it seems to be, like, a thing that happens a lot. But I also almost feel like it continues happening for, like... Way longer than it should. Not, maybe yeah. not all of his books, but, like, a lot of them. And a lot of ones that are coming up later. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I can think of some other ones. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's not a trope I hate, but it is funny that it keeps coming back up. I think it's good to... Like, I don't know. Maybe I hate it when it's unnecessarily unnecessary, but it did give us Nigel classic character. That's true. That's true. So you know, that was that was almost better because in Nigel uh Kanina, at least she wasn't like mean to him all the time. No, it's it just wasn't. that like she was 
she was just very hot. <laughs> <laughs> Kolina, she was just thing. attracted to him for no fucking reason. Like there was there was literally a moment <laughs> in it where where it was like she was talk- she she pulled Rinsu aside and said like how do I how do I approach him? He's so hot. Wait. Uh, mm-hmm. Janos, do you not find Nigel hot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I obviously do. I I think I've we've gone on record to say that uh, Nigel Conina is OTP. Yeah, um, this is this is uh, heresy against our favorite character from the books, Nigel. Yeah. Uh, but what I was gonna say about uh, Ginger and uh, Victor also is that, and I I feel like this is also something we already said, but. If this wasn't mm. uh, obviously a setup for a romance that is gonna happen in the third uh, bit of chunk of the book, spoilers, Lucy. That's alright. I could see mm-hmm. that one coming. <laughs> um, if 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 we didn't know that this was gonna be a romance, this would be like fine. Like their relationship would be fine as as just like you know two people who work in Hollywood. Um, I feel like Ginger has good reasons to be annoyed at mm-hmm. times, yeah. and uh, Victor also has good reasons to be concerned about her uh, sleepwalking and trying to open the door. <laughs> you know, they yeah. just share no romantic chemistry. They they share good enough like chemistry between two characters of a book. <laughs> yeah, they also they almost in this one as well. They have like less uh, weird horny moments than another. Yeah. Terry Pratchett books like there is one moment where she has to wear like a sexy costume for the um for the film but she's like it's fine it's not real because it's like yeah like this time it's commentary which is funny because Terry did yes did the exact same thing in earlier books where he just did it earnestly but this time it's commentary about how Hollywood uh, in Hollywood women can only be hot if they're naked but I, the male feminist, of course, only <laughs> like them fully closed, uh, still, still big boobs. But they need to, need to also be wearing glasses and read a book. But then when I had like the funny clatch film stuff as well, I was like, maybe this is Terry also doing commentary on his previous. <laughs> I feel like it is because we are sort of there is a sort of problem though we're dancing around here. It's like how much of it is because like obviously. How much of it is um, commentary and not satire, but sort uh, well, of a parody? Sure um, because obviously, it did start off the color. The whole series starts off as him making fun of what he saw as bad, um, bad fantasy writing. But then, obviously, it becomes an actual serious piece of fantasy writing. Well, serious. It like becomes <laughs> like an intentional piece of fantasy yeah. writing that he actually wants to be good. Rather than just mm. a sort of rather like an invective against what he doesn't like in fantasy writing, um, yeah. Um, but he's still using, I think, intentionally like l- those sort of tropes of uh, that he thinks are sort of bad or hackneyed or like he he loves using cliches constantly. It's 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 mm. in- intentionally mm. it's part of it, and it's kind of hard to. I think it's like stare not too long into the busty, busty cover art, <laughs> lest the busty cover art also stare into you. <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's because it's like the cliche parts always seem to be more about background and parts of the story. Because then the storylines themselves never feel like they're 
cliches or parodies or like direct parodies because like mm, that's true i don't know like like the plot of pyramids is like a pyramid takes you through multiple dimensions because of time shenanigans and you have to kill a pyramid which is like that's pretty big cliche to be honest i don't know honest. what that is <laughs> and like in this one it's like what if fame actually is is the sort of force of belief in itself that can be destructive to to reality if taken in the wrong yeah. way and used and becomes too powerful what if movies are lovecraftian like, horrors yeah and it's like all the all the bits of it are sort of cliches but then it's almost like the plot itself is normally not like that and so it's hard to tell if the romance is supposed to be taken seriously as like some of the characterization characterization is supposed to be taken seriously hmm or if, or if it is him just being like, I don't know, and then they get together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that happens in books. Just why I was like, maybe it is meta-commentary when they're doing <laughs> the, the movies and they're kind of like Terry Pratchett books in a tiny way, even though they're also like Hollywood films. I feel like... But then because they're parodying the same things, but yeah. Sorry, it's, I, think, I think it would, be, would have been an interesting question to ask him. Not that he gets yeah. the final say on it necessarily, but... Because I, I, I think it, the answer is probably somewhere between him intentionally using these, I don't know, tropes, I suppose, <laughs> um, or these, these, uh, these sort of, especially with the, the romance narratives. Um, it probably is a sort of halfway between him doing commentary and halfway between yeah. him actually just d- doing it. Doing it straight, mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say like, uh, uh, and it's it's related to what you are saying that uh, I think putting into consideration that he writes or that he was writing four hundred words a day <laughs> compulsively uh, yeah. explains a lot <laughs> because I think like just mm. a lot of times he was like you know he might have had like these big ideas about story or whatever but then he thought of a funny cliche that he could parody so he spent a day cackling about that mm-hmm. and writing about a thousand elephants and then on on a different day he was like hmm, what if religion is bad what if fame is bad <laughs> and then once mm-hmm. again on another day he was just like aren't aren't middle eastern people funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like um i did have that thought when um they're going to go to Ankh-Morpork and then they suddenly don't. Just because I couldn't... I mean, I guess it was like part of it was like a funny negotiation of contract stuff, joke and things like that. But it just seemed really odd that they had this big setup of them going to Ankh-Morpork and then they're like, actually, we're not now. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Just the, <laughs> did, he, the, did he change his mind? Are we, are we forming the Discworld as automatic writing theory? <laughs> <laughs> He just kept going. He's like, no editing. No. <laughs> we write in one. <laughs> no, only the only the best write that way. Um, and you can yeah. hear more of that type of writing on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no editing. <laughs> no editing. Characters disappear and appear all the time. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a, a cool thing I was going to bring up about this book also is the... Like, continued notion about movies being more real than reality. Yeah. Because... Mm. Stories yeah. again. <laughs> mm. Like, that keeps popping up. Like, they say... 
uh, I think it once again ties back into a thousand elephants where uh, <laughs> where it was like but there weren't elephants in the civil war were there and then Diplo is like no but this is more real like that <laughs> and then again with building the set for Ankh-Morpork uh, that, that is an authentic replica of Ankh-Morpork that can be burned down and it will look more real than if they filmed in real Ankh-Morpork yeah yeah just the idea like people are gonna watch it and take away that movie as the actual history you know just because mm. the most popular stories end up sticking in people's minds a whole lot more mm. like war movies yeah 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 which this kind of is, I guess. Yeah, like how the Americans um, won the won World War Two by uh, saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my dad always has this thing about the Battle of Britain, where people see it as this pivotal moment, but actually, it probably would have been fine um, <laughs> without the Battle of Britain. But people see it as this this like one event that was like incredibly significant, and there's mm. all these films and stuff, and it's like. Mm. And you, we would have been all right. Sounds a little People bit like unpatriotic. Planes are cool. Nigel, yeah, as well. Nigel Farage told us, nobody's nobody's teaching our kids about the Battle of Britain anymore. <laughs> oh, damn. Nobody I knows about so the enriched. war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no one ever mentions the Nigel war. Nigel Farage is also a classic character. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, not a, he's an unclassic character. This is where you put the bleep in, Charlotte, because we've got to <laughs> him and then smear his... Re- over the bloody white cliffs of Dover, just like he'd like. Um, okay. That would be a great parody to... of, of ourselves to do that. Yeah. Mm. Why would we bleep this when we literally talk about hitting the queen like a piñata? Only <laughs> in Minecraft, it's fine. Oh, yeah. In Minecraft. This was all satire. <laughs> okay, I mean, this, I don't this really is, want to I think... absolutely viciously murder Nigel Farage. <laughs> um, that would be very yeah, wrong. So... <laughs> so i think we can talk we can talk more about the rest of this next week when we, when we finish the book because then we can like get a full view of like all the themes and how everything ties together themes themes characters themes facts yes. and things yes. Love to um, listen to the fame monster by lady gaga and was like wow what if <laughs> wow damn it really is an idea um so we'll yeah we'll talk about that next week um and i think this week we are we're pretty much done i think because mm-hmm. we're getting on a bit yeah <laughs> we're coming up to the usual almost two hours so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and we haven't done the, the other bits yet um <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking i'm just i have a thought spare floating around randomly but mm. i think i'm just think thinking about like back in the uh, classical Greek period, mm-hmm. someone so, someone running a Greek Twitter account that's like about how they must go back to just doing cycladic figurines because it was so much smoother and be- more beautiful than this modern modern hyper realistic crap. Isn't that just the Hellenistic period? No, <laughs> no this lovely cycladic figurines from like way before. They're so nice. No, I mean the Hellenistic period. Everyone was like, "This is shit. Why can't we go back to classical Greece?" Oh yeah, I like mean, the 18th century, or no, the Hellenistic period was like right after cla- the classical period. It was, it was just yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They were like, "Why can't we go back to our to our good mm. sculptures rather than our gaudy sculptures? Yeah, well, then why can't we have real? Why can't we have real Greece again rather than this having Greece, Ma- Macedonian yeah. Greece?" 
what? Anyway, and then, and then and then even in the Italian Renaissance when they were like, actually, yeah, we do love that. Okay, we love that kind of stuff. What if? What if these statues were all unpainted? No, I was gonna say like the 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 Italian Renaissance was was the, was that, and then also like 18th century Germany also decided again that oh yeah maybe oh, yeah. Greek architecture is our favorite, and let's make everything look like Greek. And it looked like period, it yeah. looked like shit. Like it was like re- really kitschy. Uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking about something back in then in in classical Greece. Just thinking about cycladic mm. figurines. This is very okay. boring. You should probably be cut. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to like um, uh, place where how this relates to any of the other discussion. Oh, it doesn't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Uh, anyway, this this has been Who Watches the Watch. If you want more of this, you can donate to our Patreon with one currency, and you can get all our bonus content, including fun episodes about bad books that we've read interesting deep dives on bizarre internet culture Mm -hmm. and horrible history which includes really bad stuff uh all of the book that we're writing currently yeah we have episodes where we read bad books and then the most recent episodes are where we write a very good book that is much better than the ones we were reading Mm mm-hmm uh, but seriously, like, if you, for this one currency, you will get us read the entire chapters of this book we're writing. So this is not just, you know, we are actually giving you the real thing. It's not just, you know, us speculating about a book that we could write. It's gonna get to you the actual chapters that we were writing. So mm-hmm. I can't, we, we, we are basically giving you, not only giving you <laughs> bonus episodes, but also an actual book. Yeah, can't stress enough how much yeah. this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there's an episode where life. we just talk about Homestuck for two hours. So. Yeah, and it's fine. But you don't have to listen to that. <laughs> but you also could. Um, yeah, or you can donate five currency, and we'll shout you out on the podcast. And it's you get a special thing in our Discord if you join our Discord, which you can also do. Link in the yeah, description. Yeah, you get a fun color. Yeah, but the people who give us that amount of currency will be read now. Slam Simon. Oh. The boyfriend of the show, Tom, a.k.a. Hank the Tank. <laughs> I will say Hank the Tank every time, Tom. Uh, Justin Crandall. <laughs> Milk Succubus. Ooh. Blimey. Thank, thank you very much. Evan DM. And Jeez. Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teams. Cool. Damn. Ooh. Blimey! <laughs> <laughs> this is a good podcast, and the people love it. They love it. Look how many people love it. <laughs> yeah, so many people. They're real. If you're new here, <laughs> if you're new here, and you want to listen to our other shows, we've got a bunch of other things um, that you can see on our website. That is also in the description. If you want to check out any of those. Just imagine a being a podcast that like makes up their Patreon shout out so it looks like they have listeners. <laughs> Artificially just adding people to the Patreon <laughs> shout out. People are like, who the fuck is Milk Succubus? <laughs> That's not a real person. <laughs> That's not a real name, Milk. <laughs> milk? Who's named Milk? Uh, no. Milk Succubus is real and she's our friend. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Please enjoy yourselves. Um, Stan, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Stan Chitter, Stan Nigel, Stan Weatherwax. This this luggage eats turfs. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Stan Weatherworks, Stan Rinse Flower. Uh, uh, Faith uh, Nuncle. Uh, you look just yeah, like you look just like my uncle Osfred. You look just like my uncle. Um, beyond. I was going to tell you um, in in our in our Terry Pratchett Theatre Company, we used to have a yearly award show where we'd have joke awards, and it was called the Oswalds. <laughs> okay, fantastic. It's good. Uh, also, fuck yeah, Stephen yeah, Briggs. Um, <laughs> fuck. No, don't say that. Stephen Briggs, you're fine, but you have some bad yeah. takes, and it's stand nice. Stand the watch on BBC. Yeah. Um, watch the watch, watch, the watch. You know, stand the Riverdale of. The Who watches Dan Riverdale? Um, please uh, write um, us in saying how much you enjoyed the trailer for the watch. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter because we need more followers than the other po- get the Discord podcast. Yeah, yeah. and go, go go and eat some mushrooms, just any that you find. <laughs> but also, but also, thank you to <laughs> thank you for uh, the true shall make you fret for shouting us out. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. Oh yeah. yeah that, was <laughs> Thank re- you. that was very kind of you. We also, thanks it. Desert Island Discworld also <laughs> for being nice to us and actually listening to our last episode, which was interesting. Yeah. Um. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Vauer. Hoyle also Vauer. Hoyle Vauer. Muchas gracias. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüssen Tag. Out of nowhere Into nowhere Through a billion stars She flies Under the weight of this been listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details